This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This segment is sponsored by the great John Dillon and Dillon Law Group. Got legal matters that involve anything gun-related? Call attorney John Dillon. Got problems involving these new red flag laws? Call John Dillon. What about gun registration questions? Call John Dillon. Gun transportation. Maybe you aren't sure that your gun complies with California law. You need to call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon is right here in Carlsbad and specializes in California gun law. You can call him at 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at Dillon Law Group. GP or lawgp.com. That's dylanlawgp.com. All right. Well, John Dillon was going to call in and do He just did an amicus brief that he wrote. I'm actually here. There he ah, is. Ah, there he is. In the defense of a butterfly knife. Now, who goes out and cuts up butterflies? <laughs> yeah. So it was a interesting uh, case to jump in on, but. Uh, I wrote uh, amicus brief brief on behalf of Knife Rights Foundation, Firearms Policy Coalition, and uh, the one and only San Diego County Gun Owners Association. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to give a little background on this case, so just like in California, Hawaii has very strict weapon laws, not only with regard to firearms, but with regard to knives and other self-defense uh, items. Uh, and it's funny that. You know, I always tell people this. I, I guarantee you, if anyone j- in California or Hawaii just let me into their house and search through their house, I guarantee you I could find some type of item, weapon, or knife that is illegal to possess in essentially every house. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of like things you can buy on Amazon are illegal to possess in, in California, and just no one knows. And rarely the laws are enforced uh, as you know, unless you're already in trouble and they just happen to find that you know, prohibited item as well. But uh, in Hawaii, they've banned the possession, the sale, the transfer, the importation, the manufacture of butterfly knives since 1999. Um, and anyone who you know, does, isn't quite sure what a butterfly knife is, it's also called a balisong. These are the knives where it's a split handle knife, which you see in the movies, they flip it open and they can do some fancy little uh, tricks with it and it opens up the knife. So the state of Hawaii has banned those for uh, since 1999. And, you know, a lot of people kind of overlook the fact that, you know, the Second Amendment is the right to keep and bear arms. It's not the right to keep and bear firearms or guns or muskets. It's arms. And that is quite literally all arms that can be used for self-defense and other lawful purposes. Uh, so knives are protected by the Second Amendment. They are arms under the Second Amendment. And, you know, for a long time now, states have kind of 
gotten by with banning these you know knives and other objects without having a pushback when it comes to Second Amendment uh, legal challenges. Uh, and so uh, we jumped in on a case which actually did challenge that. That's awesome. I, I was I read it, uh, and uh, I'm very very proud that you wrote that on on behalf of uh, San Diego County gun owners. Now, if what you know, if, if for for a gun owner out there that's listening, you know, why should they care about this? You know, should they, you know, think, well, gee, I, I'm never going to own a butterfly knife, or, or does this affect them? Well, yeah. So this that's a great question because. Yeah, you may be a gun owner or you may be a knife owner even, but you have no interest in ever owning a butterfly knife. But the same arguments that the state uses to you know, ban firearms, they, they just recycle those same useless arguments to ban all knives or certain knives. And, and the thing is, when you're challenging these laws uh, under the Second Amendment, you're challenging the state's legal argument. So... Uh, for example, in this case, the state was saying, oh, well, we got to ban butterfly knives because they're associated with criminal activity and gang members. Now, we did a little delving into you know, the state's evidence uh, as a part of our brief, and we found that the only evidence the state offered that you know, butterfly knives are dangerous or unusual or associated with crime is before the law even passed in 1999. So back when butterfly knives were legal in the state of Hawaii, uh, the police department said, oh, we commonly find these at swap meets for sale, and we always find these knives on you know, juveniles and, and even gang members. And the funny thing about that is that's not evidence of knives being used in crimes. In fact, it's evidence that these are commonly owned knives that are bought and sold at swap meets, that everyone that they stop, all these kids and even gang members have them, there's no actual evidence of these knives ever being used in a crime uh, or being associated with actual criminal activity. All the state's evidence was, well, we just found a couple of these and we watched a couple 1980s you know, action movies and we think they're really dangerous. When in fact, when you open up a butterfly knife, it's the same as any other knife. It has a pointy end and a sharp blade, and that's about it. Um, and so it was really interesting to see that the, the state just kind of assumes that they can ban these things, and, and they've offered no real evidence to support that. And that's what these challenges are important about, because by challenging these laws and showing, like, look, the state has no evidence to support any type of ban like this. Why would you, uh, you know, why would a court, you know, uphold this type of law? It's the same thing when it comes to guns. Uh, when a state comes in and says, well, we're going to ban this gun. Well, why are you going to ban that gun? It's just a gun. It's the same as any other gun. There's nothing different or special about it. You know, the fact that you hold your rifle with a pistol grip rather than a, you know, quote, featureless grip, does it change the gun? It doesn't. Uh, so there's no actual evidence that butterfly knives are any different than regular knives. And, like, similarly, there's no actual evidence that, uh, AR-15 with pistol grip is any different from an AR-15 without a pistol grip. Uh, and so it's a good way to challenge the state's arguments uh, in related cases uh, to show that, look, this is how the Second Amendment needs to be applied, uh, and it needs to be applied the same way to all arms. Well, John, let me let me ask you this, because here's what's clicking around in this little fuzzy brain of mine. If you could ban the that particular knife, would a Bowie knife... Would a samurai sword, 
Would a Lancer, would all of these be close behind? Well, yeah, and th- and that's the slippery slope kind of uh-huh. argument that we're talking about because the state has gone forward and said, well, these knives are dangerous and we don't like them, so we're banning them. Well, we've already shown that there's no evidence for why they should be banned whatsoever. So if another Hollywood movie comes out where they use a different type of knife right. and makes it look like a scary thing, yeah, maybe – you know, Bowie knives are going to be next. Or, what about a kitchen you know? knife? What about a kitchen knife? I mean, yeah. come on, I cut a myself on a kitchen knife. Well, a great example is in, in England, in London, you know, they don't have the right to bear arms. You don't, you're don't. you not allowed to have firearms. Right. And, and they're prohibited all over. You, know, you can't get them uh, over there. But so the knife crime has dramatically increased all over London and England uh, to the point where now the courts over there are trying to prohibit knives completely up to the point where there's judges over there suggesting that they need to have state backed programs where you come in and bring your kitchen knife to, to a <laughs> police station where they'll grind down the tip of your knife to prevent stabbing. Good. That's good. Oh, I, I feel yeah. safer already. That up, but that's a real thing. Like, they Oh yeah. Well, didn't they just, that. didn't they just have a mass, you know, cutting up, in England, just just today or yesterday, where somebody went in, yeah. killed somebody with a knife, and cut a bunch a mass stabbing, a mass stabbing. They did sliced up six people. So yeah, yeah so, and, so. and their solution to that is to put, you know, uh, post office like boxes all over London where you can anonymously drop off your knife and turn it in. It's, hey, they can have all of our post joke. office boxes, all blue ones. <laughs> yeah, we're done with ours. Since we we're confiscated all ours, we had to sell them to England. All right, buddy. Hey, we got to let you go, but that's an unbelievable subject matter. Do you stay up late at night coming up with these things? I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, late nights all day long. Yeah, well, that's because you got kids. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Hey, it's always good talking to you folks. I'm telling you, if you ever get yourself in a situation, you want to go to DylanLawGP.com or call him direct at 760-642-7150. John Dillon, the expert when it comes to gun laws. Thanks, buddy. Have a good uh, holiday tomorrow. You too. See ya. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. More Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Mike to come on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. What's the best defense for self defense and those horrible red flag laws? That would be Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com or call them direct at 469-310-9100. All right. Who's your special guest today, Mike? Special guest is a candidate for Congress here in the San Diego area. Um, he was, uh, hopefully he's, uh, uh, still got a voice left. He was out on the, uh, uh, Trump boat parade. You were there too, weren't you? I was there too. Yeah. I wasn't yelling uh, nearly as loud as everybody else. That was was unbelievably huge. It was, anyway, our our guest is Jim Nabello. Jim, are you there? 
I am. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good, man. I'm doing well. You you were at the boat parade, right? I do have my voice, man. I tell you, I was steering through all those boats. There must have been over 500 vessels. What do you think? I it was unbelievable. I was on uh, I was on a nice big boat right in the center, and no matter where I looked, there were boats as far as the eye could see. It was crazy. And and what was really surprising. Um, were all the people lining the shoreline with mm. with Trump flags? I didn't anticipate that happening. I know. Oh, oh I think fifty thousand people, or even more, and it was hooting and hollering the whole time. So yeah, I do have my voice. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. for the Biden boat parade. <laughs> I think it's two canoes, and that's it. No, I shouldn't be that way. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. What 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 brought you out there, Jim? Do you have your own boat, or what what were you doing? Well, yeah, I've been a long-time sailor here in San Diego, and I do have my own boat, and we had our precinct admirals and precinct captains on board. Uh, these are individuals who have helped uh, create our precinct program for our campaign, and uh, so we had uh, appropriately distanced on a boat, and we were hooting and hollering and uh, blasting the horn with our flags, and we were very proud about that. And it was such an inspiration, honestly, to see that many American flags and people with such pride, and it was a happy occasion, and no protesters. That's awesome. So do me a favor, Jim. Will you help save California? I'm working on that right now. You know, I when I when before I got on my boat, I was on a shelter island. We had a morning event with the uh, Point Loma Republican Women's Club uh, early in the morning at 8, uh, and they continued on as I went on board uh, to register people to vote. There was a guy who was leaving. They go, what are you leaving so soon? Uh, well, I don't like these Trumpers. I'm not an effing Trumper. I've got an effing brain. And I go, well, I can tell by your vocabulary you're a man of letters. <laughs> <laughs> So you're you're running for what? What you what? First off, tell everybody what office you're running for. Well, I'm a congressional candidate for the 52nd district, and that district runs from Coronado up through Point Loma into La Jolla, then goes right through Mira Mesa, Serrano Valley, uh, Carmel Valley, out to Tierra Santa, Panasquitos, and Poway. So it's a big district. It also includes downtown San Diego, west of five, the central business district. So uh, it's about fifty percent of our economy here in San Diego County. And your your opponent is is horribly, terribly anti-gun. Well, he is. Uh, his name is Scott Peters. Uh, he is an incumbent. Uh, has been in office for eight years and has had nothing but political positions prior to that. So he has never had a job in the private sector. Uh, he has been paid uh, by the government his entire life, starting out as an EPA lawyer. But let me tell you, uh, he is anti-gun. Uh, furthermore, he's anti-business, and I think he's anti-doing anything. He keeps a very low profile. So uh, I think that's not good for this county that needs a special attention uh, as we grow out of the COVID crisis and to create jobs. And that's what I'm equipped to do. So I have a lot of things to say about that. But, yep, I'm a first-time candidate. I'm a businessman from San Diego. Uh, I've run businesses. I've signed the front of paychecks. Well, that's and you know what we need is a hands-on politician. Somebody that's willing to roll up, and I know this sounds corny, but somebody that's willing to roll up their sleeves and fix the problems that are out there because there's millions of them. Uh, There are. And I just think it's all about focus, Mike. If I look at uh, our Congress, they really are locked in within the Beltway, what President Trump calls the swamp. Mm -hmm. But we know uh, that you get into that and uh, you're peppered by by individual lobbyists. Uh, You're influenced by people who give you big campaign contributions through PACs. Uh, And frankly, uh, you 
don't, I think, have a path because you're not focused. Uh, I was taught early in my career, it's all about focused. I remember one a prominent businessman, it was an investor, said, Jim, there are five reasons for success. Focus, 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 focus. <laughs> and you can guess the last one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's true. Well, look at homelessness uh, as an example. A uh, big concern to San Diego voters. Right. And it's grown over the last eight years. Where has Scott Peters been on that? Mm -hmm. And veterans make up the second largest population of homeless in the state of California right here in San Diego. So uh, we, we have a lot of work to do. So we need to focus on solving problems right here in our backyard. The border being another one. Let's make it legal immigration. I'm a, I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, I'm proud of that. And I think that's the reset button for America, meaning on a computer, when you have a fault, you reset the button. In America, we have this continual supply of qualified people who, if they come through legally, uh, are welcomed as Americans. It's the problems that, that happen when you try to go around the system. I, I had an employee. I have to tell you this story. It's a good one. He, he's from Iran. Uh, it took him eight years to get his citizenship. Eight years. Uh, he's a very talented IT guy, worked in the company. And uh, he was very proud of, of going through the paces, getting it done properly. And when he sees people coming through illegally, it makes him angry, makes him upset that he had to do it the right way, yet people are cutting in line. That's just wow. not right. Oh, no, he should be livid because I'm telling you, if it was me, I would not be a happy camper because becoming a citizen is not easy. But I will say no. people that do become citizens the way you did it, you know more about our history than we do. Yeah, isn't that true? That's isn't funny. That true? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah. So how's the campaign looking, Jim? What? Uh, what's your? What's going to be your focus? 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 Focus for the next two months? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It's I call this the COVID campaign, right? <laughs> uh, talk about a curveball. Uh, we certainly didn't expect that. We had a very strong primary showing, um, and we were rolling into the general election when everything got shut down. So, of course, I've been doing a lot on digital uh, with Zoom and telephone, uh, but things are opening up now as they should have and continue to open up further. So we're on full speed ahead. It's looking good. Uh, we have a deficit, about eight points right now from our analytics uh, like where President Trump is, and we think we're going to make it up just like he did. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that our opponent is distracted, uh, that our opponent had looked, frankly, to even run for mayor earlier on, and we're not sure how committed he is because he's been so darn invisible. And in eight years, in eight years, he's passed zero bills that he has personally authored. And I just think that's deplorable. It's not leadership. And we need somebody in there with passion, with energy, who's going to actually show up in Washington. And I will do that. And let me tell you about that last one. This is interesting. Uh, for the first time in our history, since our Constitution was approved 240-some-odd years ago, uh, Congress has approved the fact that you can give your way, away your vote by proxy to another member. So 70 Democrats and this is all approved by the Democrats, have provided their votes to another member of the House uh, with their instructions, but that other member can do whatever they want. So Scott Peters has given his vote to a woman from New York who is voting for the 52nd District, and he is not traveling to Washington, D.C. to debate these big issues of multi-trillion dollar packages for COVID relief. I think that's not uh, fulfilling your oath of office. 
And I think that is something that is uh, abhorrent. Nobody wants a representative who doesn't show up. So you're making a campaign promise that if elected into Congress, you're going to actually vote for things. Actually, show up to the job and vote for things. See, Act, no, that's yeah. it. Show up and do your job. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It, 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 you, you know, you have a horrible opponent when that's. Uh, well, that's where term that's limits can, uh, for politicians. There needs to be term limits. I mean, these people can't you know, get into into yeah. office and and then camp out. Well, but I in all fairness, really, Scott Peters stunk from the. In all fairness, yeah. Scott Peters stunk from the get go. From day one, he was horrible. So. Yeah. <laughs> but he still got in. He still got in some way, somehow. Consistency is well, important. You, first of all, I like your idea of term limits. I do believe in that. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Sure. They get stale. They get within the bubble, and they don't think creatively, and they're out of touch. We're in the 21st century, and there's some challenges ahead of us, right, uh, with regard to education, yep. uh, preparing our kids for the 21st century and make them capable and new jobs that will be created uh, and uh, looking for at the jobs that will be eliminated. We need to really focus on this. Uh, we have to worry about cybersecurity. We have to worry about ID protection. We have to worry about IP theft. We have to worry about China. So there's a lot of things that we need for the 21st century that weren't required in the 20th as much. And I think that uh, our current representative lacks those skills. So I, I just think it's interesting. I debated uh, Scott Peters on the uh, League of Women Voters last Thursday evening. I hope, and I've challenged him to three more debates. Guys, if we can get him on another debate on your program, wouldn't that be great? Oh, I yeah. don't think that he'll agree to that. But I'm trying to get on uh, television with a debate. I think it's incumbent for anybody uh, to debate the issues as a candidate and as an incumbent. Uh, so anyhow, the point is, during the debate with the League of Women Voters, and this is the Claremont Town Council, you can go to the League of Women Voters San Diego and actually uh, get the link and review the hour-long debate. Uh, it was on Zoom, regrettably, but again, on Zoom. He said bipartisan probably a dozen times. Oh, really? But in reality, he votes over 90% of the time with Pelosi. So my question to him was, how can you be bipartisan if you vote 90% with Pelosi? Right. It doesn't make sense. No. So, you know, uh, he's a, not a moderate like people think he is. He truly votes liberal, and every Democrat, including Joe Biden, are getting pulled to the radical left. Yeah. We have to prevent that. Hey, Jim, hang on for a second. We've got to take a quick break, and I suggest you reach out to KUSI and tell them you want to do a one-hour debate and let them reach out to Mr. Peters, and let's see where that goes, because i got a feeling they'll do it. I saw Mike McKinnon on the dock today. Yeah, I seen him there. I seen him. He had the whole family down there. But I'm telling you, put put him on the spot, and let's see if he steps to the plate. Mike, I work with you on that one. Thank you. Yep. Okay, uh, so hang on. Yep. Hold yeah, on. Don't go anywhere. We're yeah, coming right back. Time. We got to go pay some bills right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, folks, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle 
into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, we're bringing back Jim DeBello, candidate for Congress. The 52nd District. Yep. So a lot of people, uh, you know, look at California and think, hey, here's a Republican who is out on the Trump boat parade today. There's just no way he can win with a, you know, you got this super liberal uh, 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 Scott Peters in there. There's just no way he could win. But I got to tell you, that um, your district runs through – uh, it, it's a fairly purple district. It runs through some red areas. And when he won, when your opponent won, Carl DeMaio, I mean, he basically stole the race from Carl DeMaio. Carl was going to win that race. He was right there. The trajectory was right for him to win. Um, they uh, lied about him. Um, the person who uh, d- lied about Carl DeMaio actually spent time in jail. So this isn't, you know, a- assumption or accusation. I mean, this person was was a proven liar in a in a in a courtroom, and the judge actually said, "Hey, we're, we're I'm putting you in jail because you affected the outcome of a of an election." So your your seat is winnable by a by a Republican, um, you know, and and no one really looks at at Carl as as a squishy Republican. They you know that guy's extremely vocal. So if you're listening, you're thinking you're thinking to yourself, "Hey, Jim sounds great, but is this district winnable?" Yes, the answer is absolutely right. Yep. Am I am I wrong on any of that, Jim? No, Michael, you are spot on. First of all, let me say the website is debellocongress.com. I encourage all your listeners to go to the website. I'd appreciate that. Part of my favorite part of that website is donate to jim.com. <laughs> but let me tell you about the race. Uh, Carl lost by just under three percentage points, very close, and frankly, he would have won without the smear campaign three cycles ago. There haven't been a strong competitor since then. The last one, I think, was based out of L.A., and I don't know why that person was endorsed. Uh, I am from San Diego. I'm a lifelong San Diego, and I've run businesses here. I've created high-paying jobs here. This is a winnable race. Uh, we are 33% of the district non-party preferred. These are disaffected Republicans and Democrats who don't like the rancor, don't like the partisanship, don't like the bickering that's happening in Washington. I appeal to them because of my business instincts and training, because of my international views, because I lived abroad. I actually ran a company in China, and I have strong opinions as a China hawk about China. And this is an opportunity to win back this district. I'll go further. Uh, this district also has nearly 20% Asian Americans who are hardworking Americans who have, through meritocracy, earned their right to go to the best colleges, to build their businesses, to help this country grow. They are completely fed up with Sacramento, which I call the laboratory of the left, particularly with Proposition 16, which talks about reintroducing affirmative action into our Constitution, which would disadvantage the Asian Americans. Plus, we'll talk about AB5 later on, Mike, if you want to. But I'll tell you, uh, I think we have a very winnable situation here with a complacent opponent, uh, with a strong appeal to the non-party preferred, 
and a strong Republican base that I think uh, we're going to pull out that vote, despite the fact that California is so left-leaning, people will come out and vote R. And we have seen that with Mike Garcia, who won in the 25th district yeah. in a special election in um, in May. He's a Republican up north, so uh, like did, north of L.A., right, uh, the Calabasas yeah, area. Yeah, exactly right, L.A. County. Can you believe that? Yeah. So if, if Mike can do it, uh, Jim DeBello can do it in the 52nd. I do need everyone's support and help, uh, but we're making great progress. All right. Well, Jim, how do we keep the ballots clean and the voting clean? Because, you know, it's the only yeah. thing where you don't have to show an ID. I mean, if you yeah. went to the Democratic uh, Party uh, you know, convention, you had to show an ID. Well, Michael, this is really interesting. Uh, I am known for co-inventing a product you may use called mobile check deposit. It's a product that allows you to photograph your personal check and deposit it in your bank. 80 million Americans use it, and all the banks in the country have deployed it. In addition, I also took the company in the area of ID verification, passports, as well as driver's licenses, and became a global company uh, that did this around the world. And we are one of the few states, there are 30 others that use ID verification. We don't here in California. Even Mexico has ID verification for voting, believe it or not. So I think that uh, that's a real gap in our system to provide the integrity of our elections. Now, what you talk about is this mass mailing ballot situation. Mm -hmm. Prior to this, 70% of San Diegans voted by absentee ballot. And I like absentee ballots. If you flew an affidavit, sign a card that requests a ballot, they confirm your signature visually, they send you the ballot. Then you mail it, and it's counted and part of the returns on the date of the election. That's the way it ought to be done. We're obviously going to different procedures this year because of COVID. So everybody who has ever been registered gets a ballot. There is where it's fraught with risk Mm. because it's not controlled. There's no chain of custody. And I know the registrar voters around the state are scrambling to try to figure out how to maintain not only the integrity of those votes, but also reasonably how quickly they can count them. So we're not waiting until late November before we know who wins. One way you could do that is through photographic imagery, through your smartphone, just like we did with an ID to verify it, or just like we do with checks to deposit them. You can take a picture of that ballot, have a record of it, and that way at least have a record of where it's been and if it's been actually submitted and ultimately counted. So I think there are ways we can uh, provide protections but they're not implemented now, and I am truly worried about it like you are. I mean, because we can't get it done between now and Election Day, can we? Uh, well, now we're down to, you know, ballots get out October 5th, so yeah. I don't know if that's going to be possible now. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's and that's what they're planning on the other side. I seriously believe it. I think when you're that blatant about not wanting to do verification, that's got to tell you something. Well, I have Democrats for DeBella as well as the Republican base and our appeals to the non-party preferred. One of the Democrats for DeBella was a former state senator uh, who uh, I've known since I was a child. And uh, we grew up together, basically. And so uh, he's supporting me. And he said, you know, Jim, I am still getting ballots uh, and information from the registrar for my 
deceased father who died two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, it is, I'm very troubled by this. So we've talked about you're your, your, your a competent, uh, uh, you know, knowledgeable uh, candidate. We've talked about how horrible your opponent is and that your district is winnable. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, gun owners helping you. Uh, you know, people in your district, people outside of your district, who care about the Second Amendment? Um, let's talk yep. about them helping your campaign. So, where are you on guns? Tell us. Tell us where. You, where wait, what are your views on Second Amendment? What? what are, give us some of your gun views. Oh, I'm totally supportive, and let me tell you where I come from. This is interesting. I, uh, I'm born and bred here in San Diego. My dad was a member of the FBI. I grew up with a signed autograph photo of J. Edgar Hoover in the study in my home. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was proud of that. And my dad left the Bureau. Uh, he was originally uh, tra- trained in Quantico, first assignment in Montana, and then came out to L.A. as a, as a special agent. Left uh, the Bureau to join Fred Rohr at Rohr Corporation here in Chula Vista, and that's why I was born at Grossmont Hospital. So I have uh, law enforcement in my background. My wife uh, and my father-in-law, my father-in-law was part of LAPD. So I, again, am very strongly supportive of, of the men and women in blue, our thin blue line. I am for funding our police, not defunding it. And I certainly support Second Amendment rights very strongly. It is our Constitution. It is our Bill of Rights, and we should support it. We sign, and as we say, an oath to the office to protect our Constitution, and I am all in on that one. So Uh, there is no wavering on that. So Mike, was it Mike? Chris Wallace for Fox News, right? Chris Wallace is on phone. Not yeah, Mike. No, Chris Mike's dead. Mike's, Mike's, Mike's dead. the dad. Chris, so Chris Wallace, uh, last week, I believe, there was a quote of him saying, hey, you know, everybody uh, is trying to paint uh, Biden as a anti-Second Amendment person, but that's just not true. All he wants to do is uh, he wants to ban weapons of war, meaning AR-15s, meaning he wants to renew the uh, assault weapons ban. Uh, so he's actually separating uh, or basically outright saying that, uh, you know, AR-15 semi-automatic rifles that have a magazine, um, you know, like AR-15 pattern rifles aren't protected by the Second Amendment. What's your opinion of, of what, of what uh, Wallace said? Well, you know, they're trying to slice and dice this thing up, right? And I've heard weapons of war now uh, uh, twice. And again, my opponent has used that. So evidently, that's the memo from the Democratic Party to use that to scare people uh, and we're having carve outs, right? And uh, slicing and dicing and it's uh, bad policy. It's bad policy and it's uh, contrary to the second amendment. And it's very similar, if I may add, to what's happening with AB5. That of course is the gig worker uh, situation where a lot of freelancers and independent contractors are out of work. Uh, so now uh, there are 50 carve outs in that legislation to allow certain industries to get back to work and certain independent contractors uh, to actually regain their jobs, but not all of them. So everyone is fighting. Bad policy uh, that has tried to thread the needle uh, is wrong. And I think what they're trying to do is walk back their extreme views, try to appeal to the middle, which they're not. And ultimately, I think if they prevail, we're going to lose the Second Amendment rights. So any gun uh, is protected through the Second Amendment rights. What I like about the San Diego gun owners is that you have a very strong outreach into uh, uh, domestic abuse uh, and to uh, uh, informing uh, and equipping women to defend themselves appropriately. Yeah, you're talking about our Uh, Not Me SD program where we uh, 
BSD. I think it's brilliant. And, you know, this is the way we handle some of the gun violence that happens in America. Now, it's regrettable. We all think it's regrettable. Um, But a large percentage, the largest percentage of, 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 of gun incidents in America are either suicides or domestic abuse. Yeah. So, you know, by banning uh, what they call weapons of war, because they're classifying broadly weapons that have been illegal in America. Totally disingenuous. Uh, wrong. Yeah. All right. Disingenuous yep. is oh, wrong. All right, Jim, we're going to have to let you get your own radio show because we have to leave, take a break, <laughs> and continue on. But you're always welcome back. You're a you bright, hey, you're a bright light in a dark corner and not being corrective. But this is Dave Stahl for Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, don't forget, if you go to San Diego or SDCGO.org, you can see us on Facebook. We are, in fact, we are only, we're not only are we rocking here in San Diego, but San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange. Orange. Yep. We are all over the place. Yep. So make sure you tune in and subscribe to uh, everything we do. And don't forget to join any one of those fantastic groups. Just go to their website. I think they're all about, what, $10 a month? Yep, 10 bucks a month. How bad could that be? Hey, folks, this segment is sponsored by the Gun Range San Diego, the best shop and range in town. Are you a new gun owner, an experienced gun owner, or somewhere in between? Well, check out the Gun Range San Diego on Balboa. Great customer service, fantastic staff, all the latest inventory, and they are really a great group of folks. I call them the Nordstrom's of Gun Ranges, just not the Nordstrom price, just the Nordstrom service. Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 7. 10 to 10 on Friday and Saturday, give them a call. 858-573-1911 or just go to thegunrangesandiego.com. All right, we got our good buddy on the line. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Hey, I'm fine, Dave. How you doing? Everybody keeping cool? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We don't have air conditioning in the in the palace today, but I've got a oh, fan no. and it's right on Michael. Yeah, it's <laughs> hot. I'm hot. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. We're we're lucky. We're blessed to have AC here right now. Even on the range, you're keeping cool. Even on the range, uh, you know, I ducked I ducked in there, and I'm pretty sure it's just a. I'm pretty pretty sure it's actually just Death Valley in there. So we're just making sure everybody's hydrated and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were there. We did a uh, our shooting social there. It was a women's yeah. only shooting social yesterday, and it was uh-huh. gangbusters. It was so much fun. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Casey was there, uh, opening the door for us and uh, opening the range for us. But uh, mm. I think we had thirteen or twelve, twelve or thirteen women, almost all of them brand new shooters. Um, and yeah, cool. boy, what a great time! It was awesome. You guys do a really oh, good boy. job. Those private. Uh, you know, you can. I don't know if anybody listening knows this, but you can actually have a private event at the Gun Range San Diego. They'll open up the doors early for you. You have full run of the place. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you have a. You guys had Jake out there as our RSO, mm-hmm. making sure everybody was safe. Um, fantastic, fantastic time. We do that uh, fairly often with our, uh, our our shooting socials. But you can do it for what birthdays or. Uh, oh, any of that stuff. You just need to you just need to call us and kind of schedule it. You know, a good amount in advance, and we'll always work something out. We'll always work something out. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, because again, you know, getting to get, I, I think the the socials are really those have become very popular. Correct. Real popular. We we uh, we had we had one scheduled uh, a few well, a couple months ago. Now we had one scheduled. The person who scheduled it uh, said, "Ah, you know what? I can't quite pull it together like I thought I could." So we decided, "Hey, you know what? Just put an email out and see if anybody wants to go." And boom, we had we had a waiting list. <laughs> Funny thing. Yeah. So, but any yeah. new shooters um, that uh, if you know somebody that needs to have a first time shooting experience, well, what happens at the social? <clears throat> Tell the folks that w- what they expect when they get. Some people may not know and they're afraid to even call. Yep. So at the yesterday at the gun range San Diego, everybody showed up. We went over a uh, safety briefing. You don't have to have a, a gun. You don't have to have ammo. You don't have to. All you do is show up and and uh, we'll provide everything for you. Eye and ear protection. Uh, uh, we have uh, uh, targets. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we pair you up with somebody who's experienced. You go out on the range. And the guns come out of the, the gun range, San Diego. Use their rental fleet. fleet sometimes. And sometimes the mentors bring their own firearm that they're familiar with. Okay. And uh, 50 rounds of, of, of 9 millimeter or 22, depending on, on, on what they'd like. And, and $50 is all it covers. Wow. Or is, is all it is. And it covers everything. Wow. So very it's a lot of worth it. Yep. And you guys do a great job. Yeah, you guys, I swear, take care of everybody. It feels like you're at a... At a, at a resort. They're so, you know, uh, mm-hmm. accommodating and, and friendly and helpful. Yeah, we try real hard for that. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, wanted to, br- I just wanted to, br- I just wanted to bring that up because somebody asked me the other day that he heard us talking about a social and he goes, well, what is that? I mean, do they have ice cream? <laughs> ice cream Cake? social, you know. <laughs> we should add, Jason, you, you guys should get an ice cream maker in there. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know, ice cream. All the, if, I did, if I did that, all the employees would be eating it all up. I was, I was going to say, Jason, I'd be one you, of them. I was going to say, Jason, you do need another job, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I got I got gigs already. I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> you can make ice cream. You know, put the salt the in there maker. and crank that thing. Around. I don't even want to know what. I don't even want to know what Casey hat. would do with an ice cream. I don't keep, either. Keep that guy away from yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to stay away from anything when you know it's food. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that boy needs to be now, in a cage. Well, you know, you know what though? Oh, as as much as uh, hey Jason, as much as I like ice cream, yeah. I got a quick gun question for you. Because hmm. sure. um, you guys rep uh, yeah. Uberti, right? Because I think uh, I bought my um, 1873 mm-hmm. uh, lever gun yeah. from you guys a couple of right, years right. ago, and I was oh, looking yeah, at the uh, at the handguns that they do as well, mm-hmm. like the uh, single action handguns. The revolvers. Yeah. yeah, and you rep you rep those as well, right? Because I was looking at we a. Uh, I used to have a couple. Okay, good. Yeah, I was looking at the Rooster Shooter, I guess, which is a uh, yeah, it's a single oh, yeah, action. Okay, and um, and those are good <laughs> here too because I was thinking, uh, gee, is that a uh, is that a roster gun? But I don't think that it matters. So it's there. exempt. Oh no, it's exempt. Yeah, as long as the, as long as the, the, the barrel's over three inches long, it's an exempt. If it, it's exempt if it's a single action revolver. Yeah, the Rooster Shooter from you know John Wayne and True Grit. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I saw one that. of those today. Wait that, a minute, they're really nice. I didn't know the yeah. barrel length. Could exempt a firearm. Oh no! It's, a, it's the fact that it's a single action. It's a. It's it's a. I think, I think the barrel length on a single action handgun has to be over. I think it's over three inches or two inches. But it's a single action. Any single action revolver. You know, ninety five percent of them are exempt. So those are totally cool. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen John Wayne pull, fire off quite a few bullets with that single action. I, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Is that TV? About our inventory. What do you got? Yeah. Well, we got uh, we shoot. We are getting a lot more Glocks, Springfield XDs, a lot more really good Springfield 1911s. My personal favorite in here, and the stuff still is still going as fast as it was before. So, 
this is a great time to keep calling us and asking if we have guns or just pay us a visit. We'll always tell you what we know. Uh, but, yeah, we got, you know, no less than 30, 40 pistols over the last week. They're all wow. gone. What about ammo? Um, ammo. Still having a little problem with ammo, but it is, it's always, it's always kind of on its way. You know what I mean? We don't know exactly when it's coming in, but when it does come in, it, uh, it, it goes quick. So definitely give us a call. Come by just ask about you know, our ammo situation and we'll definitely help you out the best we can. So when you say it goes quick, is that because you post it on Facebook? You know, we don't, uh, with ammo, we don't typically post it. With pistols, we, we yeah. do some. Yeah, because I see all your pistols. I just didn't see ammo, but these people out there must oh, have yeah. a sixth cent well, to know when the truck shows up. To, <laughs> it's like, you know, the <laughs> cows facing north or something. I don't know, but <laughs> it uh, it's something to some in the air. I don't know what it is. We also got some cool consignment guns in, too. We, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Glock 41 and the 43, but they're both off-roster pistols, but they're consigned in here. Some gentleman is uh, privately selling them through us. That makes it legal for the first people you have a, to, pump a, to come by and grab them. A forty-three on consignment—that's going to go. If you want a yeah, forty-three, run! Yeah. Don't walk to the gun range, San Diego, right now, because that is an yeah, extremely popular gonna, pistol. Yeah, because Michael Schwartz will be stuck here for another here. hour, so you'll have an opportunity. <laughs> Here's your head start. <laughs> How much do, do you, yeah. are you? Are you allowed to talk about the price? How much do they want for the consignment I, forty-three? I, I, I can't talk about the okay, price, right. but I will say that it is—it is worth you know having one of those. Um, for the listeners who don't know, it's an off-roster pistol, which means it's you know, it's not uh, you can't purchase it from a store from a store uh, in California. You have to buy it from a private seller, and a consignment in a store counts as a private party transfer, just well, done through a store. Well, so, well, what makes it go. what makes it so exciting that Michael Schwartz actually sat up in his chair? Yeah, <laughs> it's a subcompact nine millimeter pistol. It's a very slim uh, six or seven round, depending on the magazine pistol by glock it's just a very very good example uh for listeners who are familiar with the glock 26 the glock 43 is think of it as a 26 but with maybe a third of the width shaved off it's very comfortable uh it's very comfortable to carry very comfortable to shoot so that's that's typically everybody's first choice when it comes to a concealed pistol so that is going to go very fast. Yeah, we're so oh, limited. Yeah, look we're, at that. Yeah, we're so limited in what we can get for concealed carry. Finding a forty-three for sale is, uh, you know, that's a that's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, it, that's it really a, is. That's a sweetheart. For people who want to shoot, you know, really uh, like competition, that kind of thing, or you just want a really good shooter, the Glock forty-one is a long slide uh, Glock twenty-one. So it's a forty-five with a five and a quarter inch barrel, super super low recoil, super good shooter. Um, that's going to be a really pleasant shooter for somebody. Someone's going to like it. Hmm. All right. So but you're there till 10, 10 well, o'clock tonight? Till 7. Uh, tonight it's 7. Really? 7 tonight. Oh, okay. Right. Better, yep. get, get, better get in your car. Hurry up and go down there if you want that 43. Yeah, someone's, I'm sure someone's going to show up in the next 10, 15 minutes and, you know. Yeah, I know. So come hey, on over. Didn't, come on you, over. didn't you say you had something else on consignment as well or just that one? You know what? We also have a, a Walter P38 built October 1961. So it's a very clean, one of the nicest examples. I'm a big fan of the old, older guns. Um, built October 1961, really clean Walter P38. It's a really cool collectible. Isn't that a, and, uh, isn't that a James yeah. Bond gun? You know, it's in one of the older movies with Roger Moore from the 70s. I yeah. don't know which one. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that era. You know, P, P, the P1 and the P38, you know, end of World War II up to about 19, huh. I think they stopped making them in 1970. Uh, you can see where Beretta got the, the idea for, the, for that uh, sort of locked 
locked barrel deal from that pistol. But really cool, really classy gun. All right, All right buddy. Well, hey, thank you very much for taking time out of your Sunday. Now get back thank to you. work. And we don't yes, want to see, we don't want to see you buying that Walter P. No, man. <laughs> I know you think you want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a small break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio. We still got another hour coming up right here on FM 961 AM 1170 Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, and this is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This is episode 213. Did you know that when you wrote that? Yeah. Lucky number 213. Wow. Hey, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Get a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com, uslawshield.com. All right, we got Joe Germisi in the house. He's been kind of quiet all uh, afternoon, so... I think it's because he's all ready to talk about duty to act. And that's on Kyle Rittenhouse and Kenosha. So, yeah, saving up, saving up for my, uh, my big moment here. Your big moment. So um, what we wrote about this week and uh, what we're going to talk about here is um, a young guy named Kyle Rittenhouse uh, and the thing that happened in Kenosha a week or so ago. And for those that haven't seen that, uh, there may be one or two that aren't familiar with it. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse was a 17-year-old who was part of a group that had gone to Kenosha during the rioting back there last week and um, with the intent of uh, helping to protect property and lives and maybe uh, helping with some first aid if it was needed. And um, he was there with a group and uh, he, they were there actually. They were, um, re, they were responding to a request from a businessman who uh, had had his business um, damaged and partially destroyed, and was pleading with uh, if you know people could come out and help him uh, try to protect it. And uh, he was part of that group, and um, had gone out there, and he had gotten separated from his group uh, by something that was going on. And as he was trying to make his way back to where his group was, the police had moved in, and they were doing some activity, so he couldn't go back up the street the way he came. Um, when that happened, some of the rioters that recognized him as one of the people that was standing in front of the building um, confronted him and started chasing him. And um, one of the guys, and, and you have to remember, this is a 17-year-old kid. If you look at him, he's, he's a very 
typical looking 17 year old kid. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the guys chased him. They cornered him. He couldn't get away. And when the guy reached for his gun to try to take uh, Kyle's rifle away, because Kyle was armed, um, Kyle shot him. Uh, he ran from there down the street again. The rioters chased him. Uh, he ended up on the ground. Uh, they were stomping him and again grabbing for the rifle, and he shot two more of them. Uh, so the three he shot, two were killed, and one was wounded. Um so that that was the uh, the thing that happened. So after that, um, and there's lots of video on this. He went and tried to turn himself into the police. The police didn't really realize what was going on. They were responding to something else. So they ended up driving right past him. So eventually, um, uh, he was arrested and charged for this. So what's I mean, there's a million opinions on this, and I'm not I'm not going to address all the you know should he have even been there was it self-defense was it not self-defense why was a 17 year old kid there you know in the first place what i was looking at is two other questions or two bigger questions i think the first question that i wanted to look at or that i addressed in the article is you know why is it now that uh that citizens are put in the position where citizens now have to defend communities, businesses, properties, themselves, their neighbors. Why do citizens now have to do the job that really police should be doing? And, you know, my, my intent here was to get people to think about this. I don't want to provide an answer. I provide my opinion or my thoughts on the answer. But the intent is really to get people to think about this. And, you know, one answer, one, you know, if I look at my opinion, uh, one answer is that we have politicians and leaders now that absolutely refuse to do what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, one of the things like uh, Jim DeBello and we had a uh, the other politician we talked to last week both said the same thing. We swear we take an oath of office and we take that very seriously. And, and most of these politicians couldn't care less about the oath of office that they they swear to. You know, one of the things they're supposed to be doing is protecting people and citizens. And that's what the police do. And the police, I think, are fine, would really want to do that. But they're being held back by these politicians for different political reasons. So my my first question is, why do citizens have to be in that position in the first place? The second, probably bigger question um, with that is, um, you know, at what point do we all, do each of us have a responsibility to to get involved, to step up, to defend ourselves, to defend our community, to defend our neighbors? Uh, do we even have that? Does that point ever even come, or do we have no responsibility to do that? When we, uh, we talked about this last week, uh, one of the guests we had on here, um, I think John Correa mentioned uh, that, and I respect John uh, for a million different things in his opinion and everything. John's great. But John was pointing out, you know, the the um, example of the Koreans during the uh, L.A. riots in the 90s, the Korean shopkeepers defending their shops and things. And um, John pointed out that, you know, one of the things there was they were defending their own properties. A lot of those people lived in apartments above the shops. Uh, so, you know, the pictures of them up there with guns and everything defending their property was a little bit different. And my question then is, OK, at what point? And, and like I said, is there even a point? Do we have an obligation to step up and defend our neighbors? Uh, for instance, when the mob comes to your community and they're setting your neighbor's house on fire, do you have any obligation to get involved and, uh, you know, assume some personal risk and try to help? Or do you stand there and just watch that and then 
conversely, do you expect your neighbor when they come, when the mob comes to burn your house down, does your neighbor stand over there and just watch? Or does your neighbor have a, a duty or an obligation as an adult, as an American, as an armed citizen to stop, you know, to step in and try to help? So those are kind of the two questions that, that I wanted to address. And it's interesting because we all, you know, especially those of us that are armed, that, you know, are armed, legally armed citizens, we're always taught uh, the mantra, I guess, you know, the, the rules of stupid. I think John may have mentioned those too. The, you know, you don't go to stupid places with stupid people and do stupid things at stupid times. Going to a riot to try to help could probably violate at least three or maybe all four of those things. So, you know, we're, we're always taught to, okay, you do everything you can do to avoid situations like that as an armed citizen. So is there a point where you assume some personal risk and say, okay, I know this could go badly, but I, I have a responsibility. I need to do something. So that was kind of um, the question I wanted to look at. And there's probably a whole bunch of answers to that. And there, and all those answers are different for everyone. But what I left it with at the end of the article was, you know, when you ask those questions, what kind of country really do we want to live in? Because that's that's kind of the big bigger part or the bigger question that comes up. We we get the kind of government that we want. We elect these people. We put them in office. We keep them in office. Um, sometimes really bad people, as you can see, what we have in California, for instance. And you know, we get the kind of country that we want. So if we want a kind of country where okay, we have no obligation to help our neighbors, to help our community, to take no risks, then okay, we get what we get, but we can't complain about that. And hmm. there are a couple different, it was an excellent, excellent article, by the way, Joe. All, everything you do is, is fantastic, but this one in particular, I, I really enjoyed. I liked it so much, I actually read it out loud to my wife. I read it and said, wow, this is really good, and read it out loud to my wife. She enjoyed it. We, we shared it too, but why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we have a discussion about it and talk a little bit about uh, you know, and in, uh, in the next segment, talk a little bit about some of the questions and maybe go over a couple of different categories and and just have a little discussion on that. Sure, sounds great. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Give us some extra time. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. PRMI Mortgage, PRMIRes.com backslash Alpine. You need to check these guys out. Home mortgage interest rates have dropped, and if you're looking to buy a refi, or even if you're considering a reverse mortgage, you need to call an expert. Call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303, or just go to primeres.com backslash Alpine. All right, so we're going to sort of continue with this conversation uh, about our 17-year-old uh, son that was uh, gotten himself into a sticky wicket. <laughs> sticky wicket. Yeah, Joe Dro- uh, Joe Dramisi wrote a fantastic blog on uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and the, what happened with Kenosha a couple weeks ago. 
And the question he was asking was, you know, what, what duty do we have to help our neighbors? Um, and, uh, you know what kind of country do we do we want to do we really want to live in, um, and I, I think that there's a lot of different ways to look at that. Um, you know, do we have an obligation to help our neighbor? You know, do we have an obligation legally? Do we have an obligation morally? Um, you know, legally there's no legal obligation. Obviously, in fact, the way the laws are structured, um, I would say that legally, it's relatively tough you don't even get involved yeah it's tough to help your neighbor yeah well and that's that's exactly the point though because we've made it now so that you're discouraged from from stepping up and and trying to help anyone because you are going to pay you're going to be viewed as the bad guy essentially if if you have to do something like that just like this written house kid is my situation is again you know if i was written house why would i take a gun to a riot if i really want to go there and help people medically because he had a medical bag I, I get it i understand that but when you're carrying an ar i mean to me that's just putting fuel on the fire well he'd be dead without it but he, he was right to have it well right i, I understand <laughs> but would they have attacked and i'm being the devil's advocate here yeah but would they have attacked him if he didn't have that rifle. Well, apparent. What they were upset about was that he had the the nerve to stand in front of that right. building with his friends and defend that building. Right. Actually, if, it was there was a little bit more to it. He uh, uh, they set fire to a dumpster. Uh, they literally it was literally a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, they set fire to a dumpster. The the rioters. You know, this thing started out as a protest, by the way. Right. You know, a and it turned protest. into a riot. Um, and they turned it into a riot. They just they, they made the decision, the protesters, to turn this thing into a riot. So they lit this uh, dumpster on fire. Uh, th- this kid Kyle got a hold of a uh, fire extinguisher, ran it over, and and helped put this fire out. And that's what this the the guy the first person that he had to defend himself against. Um, there was already video of him all riled up. I mean, not just agitated, but you know, screaming, yelling, uh, being extremely aggressive. And then when the, when he helped put this dumpster fire out, that's what apparently, from what I've, I've read, uh, set him off. But, you know, there, there are good Samaritan laws. You know, if, 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 for example, if you help somebody who's choking and you, you know, you do the Heimlich maneuver yeah, and you break a rib, you know, or something like that, you're not going to go to jail. You know, uh, there are good Samaritan laws, but they don't really extend to, you know, that that type of defense. Um, you know, when you're defending somebody, it, it, it makes it relatively tough. But, you know, a lot of people who aren't uh, real supportive of the Second Amendment say, hey, we don't need a say you, you, you don't need a Second Amendment because you have the military. You know, the military is there. You have the National Guard. Right. They're there. And our point has always been, yeah, but, you know, what if that breaks down? And this is a slightly different situation, but it is an instance where law enforcement broke down. You know, the people wouldn't be showing up at protests with firearms standing in front of property if the protesters didn't turn into violent rioters and, and burn and down burn Minnesota down. or, you know, Minneapolis. Well, exactly. And burn down La Mesa and, and burn down Atlanta. Well, and the idea of the firearm, too, is as a deterrent. You know, you would think that, I don't know, you can't call them rational people that are there rioting anyway, but you would think. 
okay, people, you see someone standing there with a rifle, you're not going to go do what you were going to do. And there was a, a great example of that was in Coeur d'Alene a couple of months ago when right. the uh, Antifa guys from Spokane, I think is where they were from. They showed up got in the buses idea. or yeah. bands. And the people in Coeur d'Alene armed up and they were all over the place out there. And the Antifa guys showed up but nothing happened. Right. And you could say at least part of that was because yeah they saw armed citizens standing around in front of every place well and they're they're actually in at the night after la mesa um the protest the, the rioters were headed towards santee and there are credible reports that uh, some of the citizens who uh were not open carrying firearms so a lot of them were armed but uh the citizens who who protected the businesses in santee stopped uh, some of the rioters, some of the mm-hmm. people that were going to loot and, you know, tear up the building. I mean, they, they've been, uh, you know, effective in a positive way. But but none of this would be happening. You know, I'm seeing reports from NBC and MSNBC and some of the usual suspects that are mm-hmm. totally, you know, total bias, total media bias, just fake news, horrible. Totally. Yeah, totally. And their whole thing is, you know, gee, uh, you know, in, in whatever, 80% of the protests uh, armed militias have shown up right well that, well they call whoa. rittenhouse they call rittenhouse you know a trump supporter we'll see and that's exactly what you see there are there right. always armed militias there are always right wing supporters right wing extremists but why aren't they immortalizing those two guys that were killed like they do floyd and everybody else have um, you noticed that's kind of odd that they haven't made a big deal out of those two individuals that were killed hmm well, yeah, I could again. I could speculate as to why that yeah, is, well, but you know, there are certain groups of people are are more uh, martyr type material than yeah. other groups of people are. I was and, surprised by that. You I'm, know, and, I do draw a clear line. The, this was a child until yes. your 18th birthday. You're a child. I agree. And I think it was. I, I I don't know the law well enough. I don't know if they actually broke broke a law by allowing him to do this. But we'll find out. Those parents. I, I don't know how. Unless he did it. Would behind you let their your back. son? Would you let your son? Hell no. I, I think it's extremely irresponsible. A 17 year old child. I don't care what. Shouldn't really. You know. Shouldn't have been there. Should not have been there. But so I, I don't. But the reason I say that is I don't want people to confuse that with the point that Joe's trying to make. So for, forget that, you know, that it's Kyle, forget that he's 17. The point he's trying to, Joe's trying to make and, and, and really the discussion he wants to have is, um, hey, do, do we just sit in our houses and, and let this all burn? And, and no. especially with, I mean, in La Mesa, some of the officials in La Mesa made the decision to, hey, let them damage a certain portion of the city just try to contain yeah um from my understanding is they're actually offered more law enforcement from from neighboring el cajon and turned it down sure which is an enormous mistake totally so do we do we say hey look uh you know we're just gonna put all our faith in our elected officials and and the police department or at some point do we say hey you know what we we have to step in and stop we have to go over to our neighbor's house to stop this before it gets to our house well and you get to that i mean that that exact question apparently kyle rittenhouse made that assessment and decided that he had an obligation and he was going to join with this group to try to help this businessman and to try to do some good. Um, you know, his intent was, to, okay, if we can protect property and lives, great. He had some first aid training. He wanted to do that if uh, the need came up. And, you know, he, and I'm assuming his parents, made the decision and, okay, there's going to be some risk here, certainly. And, you know, and it turned out the way it turned out. But, they made the decision that, okay, this is worthwhile. This is something that we should do. It's important. 
and that that's kind of the question is uh, you know what what at what point do we get to make that decision and you know it's probably different for everybody but you know some people were saying well he shouldn't have been there he didn't live in kenosha he lived 30 minutes away but two of the three thugs that he shot lived at least 30 minutes away and i didn't <laughs> see about the third guy um i didn't see information on him but uh to at least two of the guys lived at least as far away and where rittenhouse went there with the intent of trying to do good and help uh people these other two guys went there clearly with the intent to do damage and to do harm and to hurt people. Well, and there is an important uh, point or distinction that, that, that should be made uh, regarding the firearm and, and, and the purpose of the firearm. He was not carrying and using that firearm to defend property. He was defending property, but the firearm was to defend himself. So, you know, and here, so why is that an important difference? He didn't shoot somebody who was, uh, you know, attempting to or damaging property. He shot somebody who was attempting to kill him. No, and an important point there, too. I mean, as a 17-year-old, a tremendous amount of, of mindset and judgment there because he shot only the people that were actually attacking him. Yeah. He didn't randomly just start shooting and spraying the crowd. Mm. He shot the three people that were actually physically attacking him. Which is huge for anybody and, to and, keep and that at kind the of and he and at the time they were attacking him, the third person he shot was holding a gun, was going to shoot him. Well, was attacking him. Uh, he shot the second person. That third person paused. Kyle paused, and it looked like you know he wasn't going to have to defend himself. And then the third person started attacking him again, and that's when he. Shot. shot and stopped the attack. We and by the way, it. that that third person, real quick, uh, he shot him once. He he stopped attacking and he didn't shoot him again. Right. He, so he was shooting to stop the attack. Yeah, which that, is that's because if he would have put crucial. twenty rounds in him, then yeah, we would have a different conversation. So we just had a, a person listening to the show. He says, "I will defend my house, my neighbors, but I would never go to a business not in California to protect it." I, which well, is a point, which is a good point. You know, and, and I, I don't know if the, John, I, I don't know if you agree with me. There's not an answer to the questions. You're, everyone's in a different situation. I think it's a personal answer for everybody. I don't yeah. think there's one blanket answer, but it gets around to the bigger question as what kind of country do we want to live in? Right. Do we want to live in a country where most people will step up and, and help a neighbor if they, they see something like that? Or most people are going to mind their own business and not take any personal risk. You know, that's that's kind of the bigger issue or the bigger question. Um, and I don't have an answer for that, but like I said, uh, each individual is a little bit different. Everybody's got to figure out what they would do, but it's worth thinking about. It is worth thinking about. I, I don't think, um, yeah, I think if we're going to have an age of majority, I don't think that a 17-year-old even gets to ask that question. I don't think so either. Honestly, I don't. Th I think the parents... I don't know what consequences they'd, they'd face. I don't know what that those specifics are there, but I, I but everyone else, you know, everyone else that was there who was eighteen and over, uh, I I I don't I, I don't have a problem with people making the decision to go help their neighbor and and go def defuse you know and defend and, and that sort of thing. I think it's something that everybody needs to you know do on their own and make their own decision. But so if he waited three or four months or whenever his birthday comes up, he'd have been good. Yes, you know what I mean. Like yes, it, it, or we need to get rid of the the age of majority, one yeah. of the two. You know what I mean. Uh, either we have it or we don't have it. Right. But 
you know, it's there. Well, for- this is going to be an interesting court case. It'll be interesting to see how this all comes out uh, because there's a few unknowns. And yeah, yeah unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, top legal people stepped up to get involved. So he's going to have uh, a very good legal team He'll defending have good him. Representation. He's and, gonna, he, and he's he, going to have money. He's going to get off. He's not the murder charge. He's going to get off. You're I think so here first. I think you're exactly right. All right. Hey, let's take a quick break. You folks are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right. Hey, you know, thousands of new gun buyers just found out what San Diego gun owners have already known. A.O. Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. A.O. Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repairs, upgrades, customization, even Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword on Facebook or on AOSword.com. Right now, we have our expert on the line, David Chong. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm all right. Thank you. Glad to be uh, in some air conditioning, and my uh, my heart goes out to folks who uh, do not have that. I understand you guys are under fans. Uh, well, <laughs> we had a fan, but now Michael Schwartz- I have a fan. Took the fan. So <laughs> we do not have a fan. <laughs> Mr. Schwartz is over there looking all chilled. And by the way, I would just well, want to, I just want to thank you, Dave. I know you've seen the fires out in East County and you were gracious enough to offer any and all support necessary. You have a horse corral that's not being used and that was that was stellar and i just, and i wanted to thank you on air for oh, wow. stepping to the plate that's good job that's well, awesome absolutely David. yeah we uh we stand ready to you know help any uh, livestock that needs a yep. place to evacuate to and then also at the store uh, if anybody needs to store their guns uh, no charge with, put your guns in safe storage for as long as you need it's not like you don't have any safes we got some safes <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, all right. So what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we started a conversation last week mm-hmm. and uh, uh, don't mean to add, uh, you know, panic in a, in a time of panic already, but uh, if this is really a problem that uh, nobody's paying attention to. And that is, we, we know that our gun rights are under uh, attack uh, through legislation and politics, what we're not paying attention to is that we're also under economic attack. And I don't mean just, oh, gun sales were slow during the Trump slump. I mean, there is, people do not understand, there is a concerted money-backed uh, uh, effort to infiltrate uh, the, uh, the investment groups of uh, major gun manufacturers and actually destroy them from the inside out. Uh, as evidence of this, it's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, in 2018, there were 
uh, radical shareholder votes backed by this uh, anti-gun money uh, in uh, both Ruger as well as uh, Smith & Wesson shareholders uh, calling for internal investigations within both companies to determine uh, how their products contribute to uh, uh, gun violence and, and uh, deaths in uh, uh uh, schools. It was very, very politically charged language in these gun company shareholder motions. Uh, they're supposed to. Both companies are supposed to, uh, in, indebted to their shareholders, uh, perform internal investigations and figure out new controls and new ways to stop uh, the spread of gun violence. So, so the idea uh, is, I believe Smith and Wesson is publicly owned, right? Correct. So, it's, so let's just let's just talk about Smith and Wesson. So Smith & Wesson is publicly owned, meaning uh, its shares are uh, traded on the stock market. Uh, you can go buy shares. You can go be a partial owner of Smith and & Wesson. And, and what you're saying is that uh, enough people uh, have purchased, enough anti-gun people have purchased shares of Smith & Wesson that they now can pressure the company's leadership into uh, pursuing uh, policies that are, you know. Destructive to their own business. Interesting. Isn't that yeah, just, yeah. that is just, that is mind-boggling. Their stated goals, uh, one is the Interfaith Center on Corporate Responsibility. Uh, another one's, uh, get this, the American Federation of Teachers, the union representing 1.7 million educators and us, others, also been pushing for this. Um, Avery Gardner, the co-president of the Brady Campaign says just one year ago it was unthinkable that shareholders would demand that gun manufacturers examine their own role in America's gun violence epidemic and now it's happening um, uh, it's not just these uh, specialized uh, um, anti-gun groups um, 13 institutional investors including Cal Sturs you know what that is mm -mm. yes I do that's the the state of California official public worker retirement program. So 13 institutional investors, Calsters and the Florida uh, um, uh, equivalent have signed on to five principles for a quote, responsible civilian firearms industry. These 13 investors represent $5 trillion in an investor coalition to pressure gun companies on safety measures uh, by signing onto these five principles, so David, five trillion in investor money has has the industry responded to this, or what's the industry response to this threat? It, so, even as you're listening to my voice, this is just all sounds a crazy and b hard to uh, comprehend, and so they are squealing, but nobody's listening. It, it's this is boring stuff. Nobody understands it. So I'm, I'm trying to break it down. The the investors and management groups are raiding our companies. Our, the Colt, 1855. Remington, founded 1816. Um, let me try to walk you through some of this. Uh, Colt uh, de uh, declared bankruptcy in 1992, and again in 1994, the, they were uh, restructuring. Uh, and um, then in 2002, Science Capital bought them. And each time they got raided and uh, um, fleeced for their uh, um, for their funds, for their assets. They were sold off to make the balances. Uh, assets were sold off to make the balance books look good because the positive cash flow is what investors like. 
um, but it left them in shambles. Remington has declared bankruptcy uh, twice in the last two years. They're in the middle of bankruptcy now again, in the middle of the biggest gun sales in the history of the firearm. Uh, one of their major manufacturing plants was in uh, New York. Guess what? Shut shut down because uh, of COVID. And a, a very, very convenient gun control uh, effort. They had another plant in Kentucky, but that was shut down as well. I'm sorry this is so much information, but it, there's there's a lot behind the curtain. Well, and there's no uh, way they can come back, correct? It's it's pretty tough. We don't know what's going to happen to Remington at all. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, uh, they would take um, Marlin down with them. Well, uh, and what about Marlin these investors? Freedom Group. Don't those investors then have a you know a tendency to lose millions of dollars? Well, no, because let's let's look at this. Um, in uh, so, for example, Cerberus uh, Capital Management bought Remington in 2007. They formed Freedom Group. Cerberus is the same illustrious management group that bought Chrysler and destroyed it in only two years. Chrysler was an American icon. Right. They're also the people that bought Toys R Us. Guess what happened to Toys R Us? They they buy these companies. And they fleece them. They take everything out in, uh, get this. Oh, I, I need to look it up. Oh, so um, Science Capital, the, the guys who bought Colt in 2002, they, right before they declared bankruptcy, um, they uh, recorded $131 million in distributions and bonuses to the company officers and consultants. <laughs> That's where the money's going. They're like the so they like, walk away clean and fresh, enriched by destroying these companies. Like the we're the, getting Wall Street rated. The Richard Gere character in Pretty Woman. Yeah, like that. <laughs> right before he has a paint about that? Part. A Pretty yeah. Woman uh, reference on a gun show. Not bad. And I can't believe that that would be allowed in in the United States. That just is just mind boggling. What, what do you? I, is I there a solution, Dave? Like, yeah, you, is there a solution? What do you think, David? Is there is there a what could even what could happen? I, I don't even know. Well, um, first of all, I would I would say uh, um, at the consumer level, you can double down on uh, uh, firearms manufacturers that are privately owned instead of investor owned um, investment group. Privately owned companies cannot be uh, uh, swayed as as heavily and quickly as uh, uh, investment groups. I'll give you another example of this, uh, the corporate pressure and uh, consumer pressure. Uh, Vista Outdoor owned um, a whole bunch of outdoor stuff, including uh, Camelback and like lots of camping things. REI boycotted all of Vista Outdoor because they owned gun uh, companies in that investment group. So Vista Outdoor uh, languished and eventually sold off uh, Savage Federal CCI uh, last year because they were getting boycott. Their entire line of, of product was getting boycott because they had a gun company under their umbrella. It's happening over and over. REI is terrible. They've been junk for decades now. They used to be such a good uh, camping and outdoor store, and now it's just a bunch of, you know. If, if say something, yeah. If, if your name's yeah. Karen and you want to go buy a fleece, you know, uh, <laughs> hey, jacket. I bought know. my wife a rabbit fur hat. So she could go outside with the dogs and not freeze her little ears off. At REI? Let me tell you one more. So the only place I found one. 
Um, that, on the consumer that. level, buy buy from the uh, privately held companies. Don't uh, don't give in to oh this uh, this or that uh, CEO said something I don't exactly like or uh, 1911s are for fuds or boomers. Invest in guns and then also um, exercise your uh, lawfully protected right not to pay into. Uh, um, uh, union dues that are uh, investing those dues, your dues, your money, into anti-gun uh, initiatives. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, you, what you're saying is, if you work for uh, a, uh, if you if you're in an industry where being uh, in a union is an option, just know that you do not have, you're not required to pay those union dues. It's optional. Is that is that what we're saying? By by law, a lot of people don't understand that. That's new as of like a year ago. Right. Uh, very important to understand that I'm not I'm not bashing unions. Uh, what I'm saying is some union leadership invests that money specifically in things that you don't believe in. I could tell you stories because I belonged to about three different unions in my lifetime, so I can tell you stories. All right. Well, David, it's uh, are you open tomorrow? We are. Uh, no, we are not open tomorrow. <laughs> See you on Tuesday. See, see, I had to make you look twice. You weren't hundred <laughs> yeah. percent sure. And quit, Labor Day. And quit Enjoy being so it. busy. I stopped by Friday and the place was packed. Will you stop that? No. Well, it, 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 I don't <laughs> think it's going to stop for a while. <laughs> I don't think it is either. Well, have a great day Thank off, my friend. Guys. Have a wonderful one. Thank you. Folks, we're going to take a break, and your favorite segment's coming up. Stump my nephew, Sam the Gunman, on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back. And don't forget, it, it, it's to thank our sponsors that we get to broadcast and bring you the best Second Amendment content in the nation. So please, right now, check out the websites of Attorney John Dillon, U.S. Law Shield, Firearms Legal Protection, the Gun Range San Diego on Balboa, A.O. Sword in El Cajon, PRMI Mortgage, and get yourself a Cali Key. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y. Need to find out more information about our sponsors? Go to gunownersradio.com. All right. So this is our most popular segment every week. You write in and ask a question of Sam the Gunman. And if we use your gun trivia question, we will send you a San Diego County gun owner shirt which has scientifically been proven to improve your marksmanship. That's true. And if you stump Sam, then we will send you a shirt and a hat. So, without further ado, Sam the Gunman. Ooh. Ah. Hey, Sam. Good how's it? How are you guys? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing. How's the weather back there? We're at about 110. Yeah. Well, it's been raining for about the past 10 days. <laughs> Send some to us, would you? Put it in a bucket. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how expensive the shipping on that would be, but I, I heard your state's on fire again. Again? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it got close to me again last night. So, yeah, it's never a dull moment. 
sorry to hear that. That's got to be scary. It's more than you know, uh, to the point where I very, in fact, I don't even put my fireplace on anymore. I'm just not a fan of fire. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I think they're going to get it out, though. They've been working hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they will. All right. So, you ready for your question? Yeah, let's have it. All right. Laura from Santee writes, she wants to know what country invented and used the FAMAS, F-A-M-A-S. Laura from Santee, thanks very much for the question. Um, the, the short answer is France, <laughs> until it was very recently replaced by a variant of the HK416. Uh, the long answer is um, really the answer to the question, why didn't France just use the M16 or something like that um, when, when they wanted to replace their... Um, uh, their MOS 4956s with uh, something in 556. Uh, France has always been, well, France has historically been very uh, supportive of their small arms industry. They've, they typically like developing their own, um, well, even uh, heavy equipment like aircraft and armored vehicles. They typically like developing that indigenously for whatever reason, probably just to maintain that manufacturing capacity. And so, uh, they wanted to develop their own indigenous 5.56 millimeter assault rifle, and the result is the FAMAS. I'm sorry, that's totally wrong. Uh, no, yeah, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> nice job, as usual. So, the, so tell people what exactly is a FAMAS. What 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 what's the configuration? That's going to be Talk my question. About, yeah, right. Um, it is a bullpup selective fire assault rifle in 5.56 NATO. It feeds from most versions feed from a proprietary 25 round box magazine, um, and it operates on a lever delayed blowback system. Yeah, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's amazing. Now I heard that uh, one of the important things that uh, uh, France wanted to make sure that you could successfully uh, drop this rifle without uh, breaking it because that's a big requirement when you're in the war when they yeah drop it and run <laughs> no you're not supposed to drop it it's a french rifle yeah it's a french rifle right yeah, that's why uh, just in case germany uh invades again they want to be able to drop the rifle and, and hit the road biting social commentary from mike schwartz um, i suppose you don't think it's worthy of mention uh that the german army the bundeswehr has historically uh one of the most punishing rifle drop tests of, of any military on the planet. <laughs> why, why do you know that? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> I really wish I could give you an answer to that one, but that accounts for the uh, renowned crappy trigger of the G3. Oh, well. okay. So how good was the FAMAS? So I know they were recently replaced. Uh, why were they replaced? And, and where is it on the... Uh you know, on, on the spectrum of, of, of uh, military rifles, uh, you know, used in, in modern day, where, where, did, where does the FAMAS land? Well, by all accounts, it was, it was absolutely adequate for what it was designed to do. But uh, it, it really, there are a few things that it didn't, it, w it was kind of lacking in terms of uh, modern amenities. Most versions didn't take uh, Stanag magazines like AR-15 pattern magazines, so they wanted to correct that for interoperability. Um, it was very sensitive to different types of ammunition. It only liked steel-cased ammo. Uh, again, mm. bad for interoperability. And perhaps most importantly, it didn't have much uh, accommodation for accessories and optics. It, um, and so they, they wanted something that they could mount all sorts of uh, lights and grips and lasers and, and stuff like that on 
And uh, most importantly, they wanted to be able to use optics on infantry rifles. And so they figured the HK-416 was um, a, a great option to replace their aging fleet of FAMASAs. And uh, in, I think, 2016, something like that, they started making the switch. So they, the top of this, this bullpup, the FAMAS, it's like a big handle, right? It's not, it's yeah, not it's, a rail. Uh, it's a great big carry handle that acts to elevate the sights uh, to a proper height and uh, to protect the charging handle, because the charging handle is a trigger style, like on early AR-10s. And what do they switch to, an HK-416? Yeah, with a 12-and-a-half-inch barrel, as I recall. Which is, that's a high-speed, uh, you know, uh, AR configuration. It's also, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, piston, right? It's, it's not it a... Is. It's, it's basically just a piston-driven AR-15 with a few other improvements, like a different trigger mechanism and some stuff like that. Um, it was designed by Heckler and Koch back in the 90s, I think, um, at, uh, in, in collaboration with, uh, I want to say, Army Delta Force or something like that, because U.S. Special Forces wanted a, a more reliable, short-barreled AR-type rifle. Yeah, no, I think I, I believe you're right. So the, uh, if you enlist in the French Army, they have an army? France, France still have an army? Joe, do you remember? Uh, Who knows, right? <laughs> I do not know. Okay, so if you enlist in the French Army, uh, they're going to give you an H and K four sixteen. That's their standard uh, uh, firearm. I don't know if they have enough to equip their entire army yet, but uh, it, but that's it, the idea. And gotten to that point already, then they will soon. I'm sure. Because that's a super nice firearm. That's a few thousand. How how bourgeois of them to issue such a nice firearm. So anyway. Yeah, it's not bad. And uh, even if you're an American, you could always go join the French Foreign Legion. We still have the French Foreign Legion? Yeah, of course they do. But that's only if you get stiffed by a young lady. That's the only yeah. reason you Or you're Jean-Luc Picard. Or not Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, Who's the other guy? Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, he was in Starfleet. Nah, I was going to yeah, say, that's guy. Star Wars. Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. His movie where he joined the French Foreign Legion. And so did uh, Abbott and Costello. I didn't know that. You didn't know it? No. You haven't seen that one? No. Oh, From it's a the, different generation. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. Abbott Costello joins the American Le- Foreign Legion, something like that. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. All right, buddy. Hey, it's always great talking to you. And uh, gosh, you, you're just amazing. You need to write a book. I am. I'm really impressed, Sam. Seriously, man. Um, that was a... Because we do not prep him with any of these questions. Not no, one, no, right? That, that question... Uh, I honestly, everybody listening right now, I truly wonder what percentage of people, if I just threw out the, you know, F-A-M-A-S, FAMAS. Yeah, if they knew what it was. If they'd even heard of it, let alone, you know, been able to talk about it as much as Sam just did. Fantastic job, buddy. Nice job. buddy. You're the best. Well, that that was a fun question. Lots to talk about. You guys have a good night. All right, you too. All right, folks. Well, hey, I hope you've enjoyed these two hours as much as we've enjoyed giving it to you. Uh, and if you're a podcaster, you know, make sure you listen to the first hour as well on our podcast and the second once it gets up. And don't forget to please support all our great sponsors. And when you go in and see the sponsors, just mention, hey, man, great sh- show, Sunday Gun Owners Radio. Thanks for supporting them. That's the Gun Range San Diego at thegunrangesandiego.com. Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com. San Diego County Gun Owners at sdcgo.org, $10 a month. How could you not afford it? U.S. Law Shield at uslawshield.com. Cali Key at kalikey.com. PRMI Mortgage at PRMI 
Rez.com backslash Alpine. The Dillon Law Group at DillonLawGP.com. A.O. Sword Firearm Store at AOSword.com. And, in fact, you might even ask for a discount because you never know. You Just the fact that you're coming in and telling them you heard it on the radio. Why not? We'll hook you up. Yeah. And we really want to thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas, who hopefully is going to fix my outlook as soon as I get him on the phone. Fix your outlook. Go to the gunownersradio.com for podcasts and up-to-date information. And we cannot thank you enough. But, hey, Bob Siegel is in the house. And I tell you, as soon as we get in our cars, both Joe, Michael, and I will flip to Mr. Siegel's show. Right after we flip on the air conditioner. No. Because, uh, yes, indeed. Will you give me <laughs> back my fan? Here. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look. Now, oh. One minute left. Here you ah, go. Look at that air conditioning, man. That's Whole awesome. new world. I know. All right, folks. Don't forget. Check out the podcast. And don't forget to join San Diego County Gun Owners. And we will be back next week. And that's this next show will be rocking right here on FM 96 AM 1170. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.